Rewind. When, when the crowd say vote. Respect. Can you roll your R's? I got 21 seconds to go. I got 21 seconds to go. So I'm Lee. I'm Ria. I'm Marley. Number one, Paul. I'm not very good at doing things for me. It's going to take us about two weeks to learn it. Would I want to go to him if I wanted to hug? Absolutely not. Actually, give yourself a bit of a break. Mayonnaise, <laughs> better out of a jar. I've been overruled, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. I uh, hope you enjoyed our little introduction there. We're going to keep that in, even though it was uh, a bit of a mess. Oh, my but... gosh. <laughs> we're going to keep what, it in. We're keeping 21 seconds yeah, in. Yeah, we're going to keep 21 seconds 20... in. Uh, but welcome to another episode of Is It Really Worth Talking About? Oh, yeah. Is it really worth talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, welcome everybody uh, to this incredibly hot uh, day. Uh, we've actually just had a bit of a faff, let's be honest. So <laughs> I'm not having it anymore. We've um, we've been here for a while. We recorded the first ten minutes, and then uh, Ria noticed that Marley's sound waves on the audio file looked a bit strange or whatever, or noticed something. We listened back, and she sounds like a chipmunk the whole time. <laughs> it was it was a vibe, to be honest. It's I enjoyed been a it. Disaster. I'm too yeah, hot for this. So uh, it's been a right faff, but we think we've sorted it. Um, but that was that was what the beginning was about. We were testing our microphones, <laughs> and obviously it was a, it was brilliant. So uh, we thought we'd keep it in. We eat wine. With a cold table. <laughs> anyway, it is absolutely roasting. We are on my sofa, um, and today's episode is about anxiety. Um, but we'll get onto that in a little bit. Uh, how are we both doing? Really hot. Yesterday, Luke said to me, Marley, what degrees does it say it is on your phone? And I looked, and I was like, Satan's pissed off. That's the degrees. <laughs> so it is so. Hot. It is. Satan's not happy. It's not happy. That's what I meant to say. Satan's not happy, so he makes it hot. Yeah. Like the depths of hell. Are you alright? Got into your head. I'm just not okay today. She's not in a good mood, everybody. Very cheesy, very grumpy. She didn't even want a Greg's. Yeah, she didn't have a Greg's. She's like Marley cracked a joke earlier and all she got back from Rhea wasn't meh. <laughs> Which, if you've listened to any previous episodes, you know that these two just laugh at anything and everything. Everyone's allowed a down day, guys. You are allowed a down day. I had a spiral day last time we were. You did actually. Uh, yeah. Recording. You did. Alicia gave a full ten out of ten effort for laughing, though. Oh. Don't come for me, Marley. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the mood I'm in. Uh, we've been to the gym, haven't we? It all got yep. a bit messed about. We were all going to try and do a bit of spin, but that didn't happen. Well, Marley and Rhea were going to oh, do a bit no. of spin. And then we were going to go to the uh, She was late on pool. purpose. I actually wasn't. I I mean, we'll talk about this more late, uh, about because it's anxiety related, but I hate being late. So, yeah, I definitely wasn't late on purpose, but it was a happy accident in the end. So, because I didn't have to do spin. So, they so were in the swimming pool, uh, and then Rhea forgot her swimming cosy, so she didn't get to swim with us either. No, I didn't. Um, so, oh, she went off and did her shop. <laughs> did I went to Aldi. Did you? I did I went to Aldi, did the shop, and then, yeah, now we're back here. Now we're here. But, um, Ten hours later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it. But uh, whilst we were in the swimming pool, we uh, learnt how much Marley really just doesn't like kids. I really don't. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> which, as well, like we'll come to in a minute, but you actually thought about being a teacher at one point, which um, surprises us even more. Yeah, when I was younger, I wanted to be a teacher. And originally, I was like, oh, little kids. And then the older I got, I was like, nah, I can't do that because um, I'd be annoying and then I thought oh I'd teach like secondary school kids and then you spend five seconds around a teenager and it was enough to put you off so <laughs> overall that idea I went down do the teenagers. path. We were in the swimming pool and there was a kid like being really really loud and I turned to them and just said do you like that sound or is it annoying to you guys because I think when a kid's having fun and they're just like yeah loving life I think it's brilliant sound but <laughs> even your face now Marley, <laughs> Marley was not having any of it whatsoever. They just don't leave you alone, do they? 
like they always want to play like let's just chill out <laughs> let's relax why don't we have a nap sleeping lions <laughs> yeah do you remember that at school yeah. sleeping lions teacher that had nothing to do for the last game. five minutes so let's do sleeping lions <laughs> did you ever used to play that game where they used to um, one of you was it and everybody had their thumbs up yeah. on the table <gasps> head sound thumbs, thumbs up 100% oh, I loved that game everybody knew waiting for your crush yeah, exactly. The shoes. Shoes go well. You'd always be sly. You didn't have your eyes shut. You would look yep. at the shoes. I always got my eyes shut because I was a good child. You were a good child. Yeah, I know. You Heads down, thumbs up. I liked because like if your crush was up and he picked you, then you would like, but oh my god, he likes me. Because <laughs> he squeezed. <laughs> he put my thumb. thumbs down. <laughs> Imagine, just picture the scene. Everyone's heads down and thumbs are up on the table. <laughs> oh, she's doing it. What we thought that was an action. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> I, who thought of that game? Teachers, when they thought, I'm sick of kids. Also, did you get a really um, harsh pincher sometimes? Like, oh, yeah. quite a pinch that was. Yeah, someone always had to go OTT. Yeah. Smack your thumbs down. They were on a power trip, that's what they were. A Just power trip. Were, sit back down. Don't pinch my thumbs. <laughs> Sanitise your hands first. I'll teach you to do uh... <laughs> 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 Our teacher used to do, like, if it was a few minutes to go, you'd put your head down, but it was the closest to a minute. Did you ever do that? No. So you had to put your head up when you thought it was a minute. We went to, to the school in the 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> What's that going to do with anything? She's saying you're old, I think. Don't um, start trying to slag off my... Uh... We had interactive whiteboards, Liz. <gasps> Weren't they the best? Yeah. I loved an interactive whiteboard. Like, when they installed them. In my secondary school, they were, they were still using some chalkboards, yeah. <laughs> but... Molly had a birthday. I did have a birthday. 27, another year older, loving life. Three years closer to, no, one year closer to 30. One year? No, you're 27. Yeah. How's that one year closer to 30? I just meant like one year, like I've aged a year. I I haven't aged three years, have I? Who knows? The heat's getting to us, guys. It's getting to us now. The heat is too much. But um, yeah, we had a nice meal night, didn't we, TGI? Yeah. Molly's birthday. Oh, that was so nice. It was nice to go and eat out, actually. And I'm getting my first tattoo this week. Two you tattoos. Are. That'll be that. I'd have to get. I'm gonna have to get Luke to record it because it will probably be quite comical. Are you feeling anxious about that? Um. Very on topic, Maria. Well done. I know. I don't know that I am. Like everyone obviously keeps saying about the pain. Your curtain pole's wonky. Um, and um, <laughs> that's just caught my eye. Um, I'm not really nervous about it because like the one tattoo is like. I've known I've wanted that for like seven years, so I feel quite, I'm very, like, I don't like making permanent changes to my body. Mm-hmm. I'm really funny about that. So I feel quite confident in it. I've taken a what lot of time to think about one? it. I do feel quite confident in that one. Um, so I think it's a nice message to be reminded of. So one's going to be what? Live in the arena. You can explain that because you're better at that than me. Um, yeah, well, it's just, uh, there's a quote that uh, a lady called Brené Brown, famous lady who researches... So uh, I hear Brené Brown. When you hang around with these two, you you won't go one hour without I'm the sorry, word James Smith. Brown mentioned. Yeah, James Slimming Smith. James Smith, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who doesn't want to see, hear, talk about James Smith? <laughs> Not me. Anyway, Brené Brown, she's a researcher <laughs> in, like, shame and things like that. And uh, but one of her... A Call to Courage is on Netflix and she talks about Roosevelt's um, quote about the people who dare to live in the arena um, whereas you're always going to get spectators that will try and drag you down try and drag you down but they don't even dare to be in the arena so it's better to be somebody who lives in the arena and fails than not to be in it at all so, um, that was a very good summary, that was, because right. I would have ended up going on to Google getting <laughs> out. I, d- I could never give the Cliff Notes version of anything what someone can say in like five words, I can say in one hundred. <laughs> I'll um, I'll read That's the. That's Lee though. Lee will starts a story. Me and Daniel are oh, laughing. Oh, here we go. Here we go. The shame in Me and Daniel the are laughing for it because you'll be telling something literally. I bought some chips in the shop today, but it'll be. It was a Friday, <laughs> and it was about thirty-two degrees. It was quite hot. So, well, my car didn't start properly because I didn't get petrol. So what I did was go and get petrol on the way to. The... Lee, what happened? Tell us. <laughs> Cut to the chase. Were the chips nice? <laughs> 
We didn't know. <laughs> we didn't get to the end of the story, did we? I've never noticed that about you. No, they chat rubbish, Marley. So <laughs> you'll notice it now. Don't listen to them. We're gonna have to have that like a shaming jar, aren't we? Every time we Lee, shame one another, put like fifty p in it. You're the worst so. shamer. I'm not the worst shamer. I think I used to be until you said that I was, and now I. Oh my gosh, you've never admitted to, to be the change. worst shamer. No, no, I'm. I'm believing. Exclusive. I'm. <laughs> I'm believing that you and Daniel decide to, and well, you two team up on me anyway, but I'm believing that you two think I'm the shamer. So then it made me look at my actions. But now you two are terrible. Okay. Look at you with your shocked face. Do you not I think? I don't agree, no, not oh, at all. Not even now? No. You two are t- dreadful to each other. <laughs> Do you not think? She can't even deny it. Yeah. <laughs> We're all terrible to each other, to yeah. be fair. Well, on that note. Yeah, let's move on to uh, anxiety, shall we? Anxiety. <laughs> right then, so we are going to move on to our serious topic uh, for today, which is all about anxiety, um, which has caused a, um, quite a lot of conversation on Facebook and stuff as well. I put something out there this morning. Um, so we've got quite a few comments to get through as well. But obviously the three of us also have our... Uh, relationship with anxiety, I suppose. We do. When when we say anxiety in particular, what is it that comes to mind for either of you two? When when you think about anxiety, is it your stuff? Is it situations? Is it the feelings it gives you? Oh, the feelings it gives me is what I think of as anxiety. Is it? Definitely, yeah. Go on. I feel I've not had a huge amount of experience with anxiety myself. I would say maybe more so in recent months. Um more bouts of it or I'm assuming it's anxiety it come like come people I've spoken to about it seems it's like a a bit of anxiety but you just feel like I'm I feel like I'm trapped in my own body like I want to go and do something or be a certain way and I just can't so one there was one um situation where I just couldn't get out of the car for whatever reason it was like a social anxiety type thing I don't know why because mm. I've never experienced anything like that what recently uh, a couple of months back right. and I just went to the shop like normal and then couldn't go in couldn't get out the car just physically didn't so I just drove home again and it was I don't know why it was just social anxiety I didn't want to see anyone I didn't want to speak to anyone even I didn't want to see anyone I knew for whatever reason I don't know why because I'm quite a sociable person I didn't want to speak to the cashier though I didn't know I just didn't want to speak to them and all these things like I don't know why I didn't want to speak to these people. What was going on that made it feel like anxiety as opposed to like a grumpy day where I just don't want to talk to anybody? Well, I just physically couldn't get out of the car. I right. physically just thought, like if it's a, like today where I'm grumpy, then it would just blow or just get on with it. I just couldn't get out the car and go in and just deal with it and keep myself to myself and just, you know, if you see somebody you want to avoid, then just look the other way. Do you remember in that moment then kind of thinking, like what was it that you were trying to avoid? I know you said like talking to people, but what was... In your head, gonna yeah, happen there was if nothing. No, I don't know. There was nothing like I didn't want to talk about, or I don't know. It was just a re- really, yeah. But then I don't know if it's coupled with anything else because a few around that time there was feelings of just like no appetite, feeling like nervous belly all the time, where you feel like you're about to go for a job interview or something like that. So it was just all lumped in. But that's the only real time I could say I've experienced anxiety when you wouldn't expect to because obviously anxiety is normal to be expected for a job interview or I don't know first day at a new job or you'll go into it I don't know for me I get anxiety if I'm driving somewhere new and I don't know the route like all those types of things for me are normal ways to handle new situations and would you call that anxiety maybe well that's um I I talk to clients a lot about the difference between um, anxiety and feeling anxious you know feeling anxious is is a normal mm-hmm. um, emotion you know it obviously informs us that some that situation means something to us whatever it is you know whatever it is but um, sometimes we have to differentiate between yeah ang- having anxiety or just feeling anxious yeah um, and that's where I could tell the difference because I have those feelings of feeling anxious whereas that was a, a feeling where I just felt because yeah, some form of social anxiety. But that also was it, like you said, like a few months ago, that was a time in your life where things were a bit up and down, weren't they? Emotionally, you were quite up and down as well. So actually, it probably made sense that your body's way of kind of, um, I don't know, reacting was a bit an- anxious. Yeah. You know, anxiety-based. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Marley? 
see for like a long time I probably wouldn't I probably say now I get more anxious moments than anxiety but like 2019 was probably my worst year like we'd be invited somewhere like me and Luke and I'd get ready to go and then I'd just completely break down and I'd be like I can't go but I just can't do it like a bit like you like I just couldn't go out the house and like mm. that would happen quite a lot um and I was like thinking then, like, what's wrong with me? Like, what's happening to me? But I've always been a chronic worrier anyway. So, like, I've always had like those anxious feelings. Um, like, I worry that I worry too much. Like, that's how much of a spiral it can get into sometimes. Or like, when I'm in a low mood. So like lately then, I keep having like horrible flashes of like things happening. So like, especially like if the dogs are in the car, like, I can't relax until we get to our destination because I just think the boot's going to fly open, the dogs are going to come out, and, like, it literally, like... I get I get heart palpitations quite a lot. Mm. Um, or, like, obviously, like, everybody... I know it's bad. So, you know, like, when you're going to sleep and, like, things pop in your head. Um, I know it's bad when that seeps into my day-to-day -day life. Mm. So I know then when I'm, like, working myself up. Um, what, what do you notice first? Do you notice your head is starting to like um like overthink or, or yeah. do you notice physical symptoms first i'd say overthinking first because i think oh nobody wants to be around me um and that can like just happen on a switch so like nothing's happened but i just think oh i don't want to go anywhere because people don't want to be around me like so i'm just going to be everyone's going to be there thinking why is marley here like we don't want to hear like that's how mm. i feel mm -hmm. and like at first, I thought that was just, like, with new people, but even when I'm around people, like, I know and I'm friends with, I think, oh, they don't want me here, and I'm, like, hypersensitive, like, massively so. And then afterwards as well, I wish I'd never gone because I literally just play those moments over and over again in my head. Like, I can really get myself into a state. Mm. But I think about everything. So, like, I know I said earlier about crossing the road and stuff. Like, I hate crossing the road. I feel like I'm an inconvenience to people, like... Yeah, you were saying, like, to go to counselling, um, which is where I work, but actually there's a major set of traffic lights, isn't there, just mm. by it. You were saying you would rather not go across that because you'd have to probably cross, what, three or four roads. Yeah. But you'd rather walk, like, the long way round over this big bridge, which probably adds, what, another ten minutes onto your journey? Yeah. I literally will leave early, just in case I decide I'm not up to walking over... Um, like the most, or whatever it is, bypass your carriageway, whatever it is. If I don't feel up to that, then I know I still got time to like walk around, which I often do. I just feel like everyone's looking at me like I'm being an inconvenience. I think that's like one of my root causes and like one of my triggers is being an inconvenience. Like that's why I hate being late. Because like, I was trying to explain to Luke earlier, because obviously we were <laughs> late to the gym and couldn't do spin. Oops. <laughs> um, but I said for me, it's not just the anxiety around being late. It's what they think of me, that um, impression's going to last forever, people aren't going to invite me anywhere because they're going to think Marla's just going to be late, we're not going to bother. Like, that literally goes in my head, like, the whole time. Like, he thinks I'm just getting agitated because we're going to be late, but it's everything that comes with that. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And then, like, when I'm there, I feel, like, really on edge. Like, I could have cried this morning. Like, really? I didn't. Yeah, I was happy to just go and stay out of the gym until you'd finished your spin class because I was like, I don't want to inconvenience you. I, I would not have... <laughs> like, in my head, it was no big thing. Mm. But, like, no inconvenience at all. Logically, I know that. Yeah. But, like, in the moment, I'm like, oh, gosh. I think that probably does stem a bit from childhood mm. um, and, like, messaging you receive and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, I... I oh gosh, I just, because like, even this morning I was like, oh, I said, I really can't be able to do spin. And Luke was like, well, just say you're not doing it then. I was like, oh God, no, I like, can't do that. Like, I can't let people down because I just, like, it's not in the moment, it's the after. And then I'll think about that moment for like days and I'll like play that over and over and over. Like, it's almost not worth it to not do the thing I want to do. But then you get sucked into not having your own sort of boundaries and things and just do and going along with what people want you to do which is often what i do do mm. which is like <laughs> you said do do <laughs> do do because like we were on a walk once like we probably said it on a different podcast and lee was like which way do you want to go and like, i just couldn't make that decision because in my head i'm thinking if i pick the wrong way and it ends up being a really rubbish walk or something happens that's all on me like that's my responsibility so i just much rather people make those decisions because I would rather be inconvenienced than inconvenience someone.
<laughs> I do get an element of that. Like sometimes I get um, like feelings of, oh, I'll just go along with that because I don't want to let anyone else down or I'll just go ahead with it, but not probably to the degree and you have and you think about it for mm. ages afterwards and it keeps popping into your head. Um, I don't know if it's normal for people to... I think everyone probably goes along saying they don't really want to yeah. do or think, oh, I should just stay I'd stay here. I don't want to do this. Mm. And I know there are times I should say, and I don't. Mm. But I don't think it's to the degree that you probably have that level of anxiety around it. Mm. I think I get it in, like, I definitely get social anxiety. I get anxiety in, like, places I don't know. Like I was saying to Lee earlier, like, I like to find a safe space. Like, when I get somewhere, I like to clock like a safe space so I know like if I lose whoever I'm with I can go back to that place um I get anxious around men I get anxious in like I, I get most anxious in like small spaces mm. I don't want to be like confined like I really start to feel a panic coming on then um but yeah what about you Lee um I get anxious a lot probably similar to you like it taps into my insecurities a lot mm. so yeah like I do get anxious, especially being around people. Um, I get quite anxious when it comes to like, you know, hosting things. Like really, like even like I, so during lockdown, I did um, quiz nights every Sunday, and I noticed that after six o'clock, so they started at eight, but normally after six o'clock, I really wouldn't want to eat. Um, and then after I'd done the quiz, it would take me probably about an hour to kind of come down. And it was just the whole, before it was all leading up to that this is going to be crap, people are going to be annoyed, people are going to be bored. And then after it was like, then people have been bored, you know, it was just um, exhausting. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, anxiety, I normally just get anxious. But I, th I remember a few years ago, I started um, getting a bit panicky. Like I have a hypersensitive, I think I've said this before, I have a hypersensitivity to rejection and stuff. And feeling irrelevant and stuff like that and there was a period again about a few years ago where that was happening and I remember going to football one night football training and um, I just started having a panic attack in the middle of training and um, that's Daniel going somewhere by the way if you can hear the car um, <laughs> but I just remember having starting to have a panic attack in front of everybody and I just remember in that moment not only was I like I genuinely thought I was having a heart attack but I remember then thinking I can't have a panic attack in front of like it's just a bunch of men like if there's a place to not have a panic attack, it's uh, obviously that was a sweeping statement uh, about guys, but um, I just thought there's no way in this world that I, they can see me having a panic attack. So I had to take myself off and just go for a little walk and, um, you know, but I generally thought I was, I was gonna have to call the ambulance. I thought I was gonna die. It was just ridiculous, like where your brain goes to how irrational um, you become in, in mm. just a, such a quick moment. But, um, yeah, and I know a couple of people have commented on, you know, we'll get to those messages in a bit, but a couple of people have commented on things like that, that actually you just become so irrational mm. very, very quickly. Um, and it's quite Logic hard just then. doesn't come into it. No, and it's, and like, it's really hard then to kind of come back down from that. And all it takes is one moment, you know, and we were talking about this earlier, like, obviously you you shared before that you're seeing Colette. And, you know, um, one of the things that she talks about is, you know, tapping yourself right and left on the shoulders, like one, yeah, just right, left, right, left, right, left, because what it does is it hopefully will engage the right side and the left side of the brain instead of, you know, being completely overwhelmed by the right side, which, you know, is feeling, feeling, feeling. Um, hopefully then a bit of logic comes in. It won't fix things, it won't, you know, but hopefully a little bit of logic comes in and that's when you might then go, right, I need to take myself for a walk or I need to tell somebody or I need to do something. Yeah, at the very least, it may just calm you down so you yeah. can think a bit clearer, even yeah. if you're still, like, anxious and upset in that moment. But having those little techniques always kind of help, you know, and so, like, what's one of the things that you guys do that helps if you're even just starting to feel a bit anxious? What do you guys do to, in the early stages, so not when you're already kind of full on, having a anxiety thing or having a panic attack but just early stages I don't really know I don't I don't think I catch it quick enough because I I I don't know if I if that's anxiety I have or just anxious moments but like I'll never catch myself quick enough and be like oh Marlo that's like your anxiety talking uh, like and I even feel stupid saying like it's anxiety, like, and mm. I'll overthink that later as well because I was thinking, oh, I haven't actually got that 
but like if I'm going somewhere and I have to walk somewhere like I'll instantly get into like a state of frenzy and I can't catch myself and bring myself down from that I won't relax until I'm at that destination and I personally haven't found a technique yet that brings me down and calms me down I just do you not like listen to music or listen to anything you know whether it's a calm app or you know anything like that that just kind of helps you distract or helps you feel better or no okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah when I was having the anxious more anxious days it would I do everything that you're not supposed to do probably where I should have gone for a walk should have gone to the gym gone for an early night that's what I couldn't that's what I wouldn't do and I would probably just sit and eat my feelings (laughs) just feel the feelings and put it down to being just an anxious day but then I've not felt it into the degree as some people do feel their anxiety where it can lead to panic attacks and things like that you do kind of catch yourself in this kind of is it like paradoxical situation but just like you know the things to do to help yourself Mm. but yet you are in the frame of mind that literally sometimes does not let you help yourself like it's such a like yeah you're just caught in this thing aren't you like even like obviously I had my spiral day the other day and I and I would put anxiety in that you know but and I knew going to the gym and doing a workout and seeing you guys and doing the podcast would make me feel better but everything within me wanted to just go do you not I'm done. I'm done for today yeah yeah it's funny and, you should say that because I think like when you put that thing on Facebook earlier about comfort zone um I'm constantly putting myself out of my comfort zone like I'm the only time I'm in my comfort zone is when I'm at home mm. everything I do is out of my comfort zone I constantly push myself every day so is that anxiety or is that just me being like underconfident or it probably all feeds into all doesn't it, it? Yeah. like we you know even now like when we're talking about our anxieties actually that is that taps in that us stood at the traffic lights that's, our, that's about our insecurities, but yeah. it brings on anxieties. Mm. You know, the same as when I'm with people or when I'm hosting something, you know, that's about, I'm, I'm petrified of what people generally think. I'm waiting for that person to go, Do you are, yeah, you are a bit of a dickhead. And so, I, but it makes me feel really, really anxious the whole time. Um, so it, it, I think it all just bleeds into each other. But the comment that you're talking about, like, so I put it out on Facebook, you know, asking anybody to have their comments about anxiety, whether it's sharing a story or asking questions, whatever. And um, Ben Mansfield, one of my boys, uh, put, uh, here's a controversial one. Is anxiety and mental health talked about so much at the moment that it's an excuse for a lot of people? Like one diagnosed person uh, say, oh, I can't, uh, I can't do that because I have anxiety. Um, and he was worried, before he put at the end, he was, worried that he would get slammed for just asking that and I so I did put I actually think it's a valid question I do wonder whether we live in a society now where there's such a quick a quick diagnosis of anything that it may in fact you know like hinder people like I do like I've met people who are like oh no, no I can't do that because I you know I suffer really badly with anxiety and they do confuse it with just feeling anxious yeah. you know and so and we do live in a society now where there's got to be an answer for everything yeah so actually is there a point to it that you know sometimes we probably hinder ourselves because we accept that oh this is what's wrong with me instead of just going okay this is the effect that it's having on me how do I crack it I think everyone's different though like what I think is normal for me so me going to the gym and going to spin is I could do it in my sleep it's absolutely no issue for me no anxiety nothing whereas for Marley to come and come to spin it was a big thing for her to come then she was late and it's all round up and all these things but Marley has dealt with things other things that have gone on with her growing up that have contributed to how she feels then so actually where I'm I obviously don't think this at all I'm like oh Marley come on just go on with it it's been but that but other people I could look at someone else on the street where they say they've got anxiety and I think oh is it just an excuse but you don't know what else they've mm. this fed into that level of anxiety even though it looks something a normal everyday task I suppose mm-hmm. I think it's very easy because I've heard this a lot lately that like you can say like are people just quick to diagnose are they mm. just like quick to make an excuse but I think we are in like a culture of change around mental health and like how we view it and how we receive it and I actually don't see like the problem with it like I don't see the problem if like everybody on the planet says they've got anxiety like I think that for me is the line between jumping on board with mental health and not being on board with it because what does it really matter 
like whether that person says they've got anxiety or not, if they're not gonna, if they don't want to do that thing, them labelling it is maybe just their way of like saying to you, I really don't want to do this because I've got anxiety, and that's the only way they can say it because that makes it easier. But also, I think if people are going to use it as excuses, there's something else going on there, and obviously you do get people who do do take the mick like Mm. at work and want a sick day and stuff like that that's very few and far between I appreciate that and perhaps those people ruin it for the many but like I think that messaging is somewhat negative in my experience because like people have said that in the past and then I think oh god I'm like one of those people then that's jumping on the bandwagon and it looked like that took me that was partly why I stayed in like the anxious anxious state of mind that I was in like back a couple of years ago because I was too scared to tell anyone how I was feeling because I thought people were going to be like oh it's just Marley like she's just being an idiot she's not really anxious she's just jumping on the bandwagon because everybody's saying they've got anxiety like I I don't know how to word this but I just don't see the big deal if lots of people are coming out with mental health issues and I think because it's so new and because, like, everybody's sharing more and stuff like that, everybody's kind of working it out. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe in, like, 10, 15, 20 years, it might not be so rife and there might not be as many people that say it. But whilst the conversations are needed, That's I don't a, see it as an issue. Funnily enough, Claire Louise has commented on Ben's thing and just said, I think it's talked about because of the suicide rate. You know, it's still high, really. And But I think speaking so open all the time and talking about it more is absolutely crucial and a lifesaver for many. Um, you know, and so you're right, people do need to talk about it. And actually, if there is a lot of people that are identifying as something, you know, in terms of mental health wise, then it's better that than nobody talking about it at all, or, mm. you know, people being dismissive all the time. Yeah, they're definitely, I don't know, I, I, I'm I'm on the fence a little bit because I do, plus like, I'm not just thinking about mental health, but I remember like working in a secondary school, you know, if a kid was naughty, people would like quick to kind of go, oh, he's probably got ADHD and, you know, things like that. So like I've been around environments where there has been this quick, there's got to be something wrong with it. There's got to be a label. Yeah, label. And, and that I worry sometimes that we do push that a little bit too far. But if it was either we talked about it and pushed for a label as opposed to nobody talking about it and having nothing, then, yeah, I'd probably choose the other way where, where there is um, everybody's got something wrong with them. I think there definitely has to be a balance because I think, okay, like that's wrong. You shouldn't just label kids with whatever and dismiss the way they're feeling and stuff like that because anything could be going on at that point. Um, And obviously, as we know, I don't have much to do with children, so I can't really (laughs) comment. Um, But I think that comes from ignorance. So if you're going to be making these statements, like which is exactly why it's important to talk about this, there needs to be much more awareness around each individual mental health issue because what you don't know... Don't it, comment or judge. Yeah, them. because if you're saying to someone, oh, you've got ADHD, like, that's quite a big deal. You can't just say that to somebody, but mm. that could come from misinformation. Mm. So the more it's spoken about, the more people will be aware and able to diagnose or comment or whatever I think if you're not a professional you shouldn't diagnose anybody with anything to be honest but I think professionals though also do have some um what's the word they have a part to play in it because I remember when I went to the doctors once just feeling low mood now it was due to my contraception just contraception is causing my low mood however the doctor there and then was happy to prescribe me antidepressants at that point in time so then automatically I didn't think there's anything wrong with me I went in there thinking it was my new contraception just wanted some form of advice um but they were quick to dismiss that and were quick really quick to then try and prescribe me antidepressants and I could have walked out of there thinking also oh, am I depressed am I suffering with depression well, I wasn't at all so automatically then I could have walked out of there and labeled myself as having depression when in fact that I was nowhere near that and it all it was a simple case of have my contraception removed or even potentially just talking to someone about what's actually going on mm. so I think sometimes professionals are also doctors especially I think quick to jump down just the mm. antidepressant route which yeah. might not necessarily be the case which uh, which I know works for some like I know um sorry somebody else uh, Emma she um commented earlier she says I have generalized anxiety disorder but I imagine it uh, I but I manage it really well now 
Um, I was extremely unwell and very low, but with some good therapy, lots of work on my thoughts and mindset and some medication for a while, I can now recognize in myself what's happening and manage, manage it. Um, but she was saying as well, like I generally feel exercise is the biggest help as well as good mindfulness mm -hmm. practice, fresh air, reflection. You know, um, she put, I do agree with some of the above working with young people. It seems much quicker to diagnose anxiety now. I lived with it for 25 odd years and explored many things till I realized I experienced it as a child too. Let's not be too quick to pigeonhole everybody, uh, to, to pigeonhole every uncomfortable feeling. Mm. And, and it is, it's that mm. balance, isn't it? That's what mm -hmm. we're kind of talking about. It's, and, but it's hard when, like I get frustrated as a, as a counsellor sometimes when my clients come in and they say, I went to the doctor, this is what I said, and they've come out with pills, Yeah. you know, and it was really refreshing not so long ago, I was playing tennis and with a guy called Reese, lovely guy, and he's a doctor, um, training oh. GP. And he, he says his first protocol always is to say, right, have you spoken to somebody? And it was so refreshing to hear a GP actually talking from that place as opposed to, he was like, for me, medication is a last resort, yeah. you know, and, um, but yeah, so if there is, we, we do have to get this balance right. It comes back to having the whole, um, I think we spoke about it before, having the front end fixed. So having the front end of mental health supported and having the counsellor and therapy options available. Before then, we know GPs and the NHS are under so much pressure at the moment that actually, probably for them, the quickest thing is pills because the waiting list for a council on the NHS is however many weeks. Yeah, no months. Um, months. I think it's about six months, I think. Six months, yeah. So the, yeah. The, the default is, okay, you can't be seen until then go here um and then obviously the whole if you start speaking to someone early you won't even get to the point where you need to speak to someone about being low but about, yeah exactly and that's why again you know we talked about it a couple of episodes ago about dipping in you know yeah. Like, yeah. that's what we need to get better at doing and you know hopefully the minute that, and that's what i did three years ago when i started having those panic attacks instead of waiting and trying to figure it out i went straight back into a, you know i found a therapist and I had, I had three sessions and you know it was and then I was much better, but just trying to figure out where it was coming from. And, you know, and then after it just made sense as mm. to why my body was trying to find a way to release all this tension and crap that had just built up. Um, you know, so we do need to get better at noticing it and then doing something a little bit healthier with it instead of just, oh, mm. that's my excuse, my diagnosis. So was for some people, I know that, that they won't do that. You know, they will um, try and be proactive or and reactive, whereas other people they do use it as an excuse maybe that gets that to the point then it hits us for some people that's when it becomes anxiety so they know they're feeling low they the everyone knows what they should and should do but obviously it's different when you're in a situation if they went out for walks if they went and exercise spoke to someone but they haven't and then it just manifests itself into the anxiety box um yeah i think like referring to like pigeonhole uh pigeonholing children and stuff like that in, with like anxiety that's fine it's the follow-up process I think that needs mm -hmm. amending because okay they've got anxiety and then what you know if you're confident enough to say that child's got anxiety then you need to follow that up you know what can we do about that like you said like I think you said in a previous podcast about kids having like the odd session of therapy and stuff like don't just say it we need to get better at mm -hmm. the aftercare from that moment on I am um, you talked earlier about the comfort zone thing and so when so ben put a really good question again about uh, so for instance it's a common saying that to grow you need to go outside of your comfort zone mm -hmm. so where is the line between being out of your comfort zone and having anxiety this isn't a dig by the way it's a genuine question you know and and so i i i have this picture which kind of puts things into four zones and you've got the comfort zone so that feels safe and in control then outside that slightly bigger is the fear zone which is probably where anxiety comes in then we've got the learning zone and then we've got the growth zone and actually it's for I've spoken to quite a few clients I've shown them this and I've spoken to quite a lot of them that actually what they do is they kind of get out to the fear zone and is there's a couple of examples in there we lack self-confidence we find excuses we're affected by others opinions and so we get to the fear zone and we go nope that's too much for me and we jump straight back to the comfort zone so we don't so we can't learn you know we can't uh, extend our comfort zone we can't deal with challenging problems because we haven't even got an out of the fear zone yet and you know earlier you were talking about the line as well you know the line is different for everybody mm. kind of like what we were talking about last week with banter uh, i think the line with anxiety and what we can cope with is different again you know yeah, depending 100%. on what, what day we're on what yeah. stage we're at in our lives you know and so what i can cope with today might not be what i can cope with next week 
you know so it it is um you do have to be very reflective emma talked about that you know reflection is massive you know in terms of right, how am i feeling today and going back to basics when you notice it's not a good day mm-hmm. um but we don't it's hard when i've got especially when you've got clients and there's a stuckness that comfort zone that fear zone and we go straight back into our rabbit hole again mm. you know and it's hard because yeah you're not going to learn you're not going to grow unless you get past that first zone the the second zone fear zone um but that's i know that's easier said so i'm making that sound really really simple um but that's when you need it's that thing around pe- importance of people around you because actually if you've got people out there that do stretch you and you feel comfortable to be stretched with them that's when you'll feel okay to be more brought out of your comfort zone I think um, like a few months ago, like me and my friends were talking about bringing it back around to COVID, like being out in crowds and stuff like that. And they were like, no, I don't really want to do that. But for me, I was like, I have to do that. I have to go back out there and be in that crowd because I don't want to go back to a place where I didn't want to be sociable Mm. or go out with anyone because that took a really long time to get out of that. So for me, I do have to just push myself to jump into things. And I guess that's become one of my coping mechanisms I to guess. push yourself yeah like a couple of weeks ago I really didn't want to see anybody I didn't want to do anything I didn't want to be sociable at all and so I knew I guess in that moment right this is becoming an issue now I've got to do something so I had to push myself yeah so I guess I, I've got better in that respect at managing yeah. it but that's that's where we like learn as well so when you know when we're pushing ourselves and we get into that growth zone and you know we are learning, okay, I can do that. I can push myself into these. So you start setting new goals for yourself and things like that. You know, it's, you've got, but you've got to go through the fear zone in order to do it. You know, Lucy was talking about that earlier. She was saying a trigger for me is new places, new people. Mm-hmm. And I think Ben further on asked Lucy the question about, you know, so what is it that makes her then do it? And she was, she said your point about the people around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it through, yeah, with the help of others and talking about it. Or if it's a new place, I look into where I need to go and what it's like. And we were talking about yeah, that earlier. Wasn't I it? The, to do that. Almost the escape plan. Mm. You know, it's always such a relief and an achievement after. And that's the important. I talk to clients all the time. What's the learning? So that achievement, that situ- that that feeling that you get from that situation after. What's the learning? You know, and the learning is right. When I put myself out there, yes, I might fall, but actually, um, it might be okay. Mm. I was okay. Yes, at times I was anxious, but actually I was okay. And you've got to take that forwards. Um, but and my sister said the same, you know, it's for her when she gets uh, into quite a spiraled place, it becomes massively debilitating. And she said the same that actually I just want to hide away. I don't think anybody wants to be around me. Um, and actually, I just need to be on my own because, you know, who would want to be around me? And it's it does at its worst, if you cannot control it and find your coping mechanisms, it will become debilitating, which is, you know, sad isn't it like it's just that we get one life Mm. how sad is it that we you know for part of it that we find we're debilitated by yeah because we had that conversation earlier because i said i'd love to be like luke because he doesn't feel any of this and lee was like but would you because that's probably what will make you a good counselor and i said well what i'd actually like then is okay that's fine i've had like mental health issues and stuff but okay i don't want to feel it now like yeah i'd love to be able to jump to a place where i've suffered that and i'm through the other end and I guess it, it it is something you're... It might not be as strong, but it is something that you'll always carry with you. We did say that, didn't we? Like, Luke, obviously, and he put it on the, on the Facebook as well, um, you know, on the Facebook post, I don't get anxious at all, so I don't understand why people do. Not that they shouldn't, I just physically can't comprehend, so I don't get what people think is going to happen to them when they go to a new place or a new situation, for example. And and when we were, me and you were talking about it, Molly, earlier, and we were saying about the trauma like when you've gone through something that leaves a trauma um kind of feeling within you you know it it's i was saying it's sad for people like us that it affects us the next time we go into that type of situation and and probably every time after that yes we might deal with it but it still affects us whereas what would be great is if we were able to find such peace with it that it doesn't even affect us anymore Mm. but people Mm. like you people like me you know we it does affect us. Mm. And so would, but then to flip it, would we change that? Because if we did, <gasps> oh, ice cream. Sorry, the ice cream, man. Um, serious thing. I just said the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is actually good timing. I oh, no, no, we've got ice lollies. Do you want an ice lolly? We have got ice lollies, yeah, we don't need ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but like to flip it on its head, um, 
would we want to do that? Because would you and I be counsellors if we were like mm. Luke, if we were like, you know, Jason, Luce's husband has also commented saying the same. He doesn't get, he doesn't get it often, so he doesn't understand it properly. I don't think I've felt anxiety like you guys have, or you, I don't suffer with mental health as much as you guys have suffered things from your traumas and things like that. But I think I still have a level of empathy mm. towards it, even though I've not experienced it to the same degree as you have. I couldn't relate as into if you had clients come in and you could relate to them that they've gone through. I couldn't have that similar rela- relating. But I still feel like I have the empathy for it. Mm. I, I think I just find it sad that like something like anxiety can be quite traumatic. That actually it stays with you forever. Mm. And that's like even Sam, a lady I work with, but I would say from me personally, it's not something you can get rid of, but it is something you learn to manage. You know, and you have your coping strategies and things like that. And I just, and even that sentence makes me feel sad that you can't get rid of it. Mm. That you can't find enough peace that actually someday you don't even think about it. And I'm sure there will be little anxieties that you do, you know, anxious feelings that mm. you learn to cope with that once, you know, crossing a traffic light, you know, hopefully one day won't, won't, won't mean anything to you. Mm. But I don't know, the bigger anxieties, it just stays with you. And it's, I find that like, yeah, if somebody has the magic answer for that, <laughs> I would love to Let hear me it. know. Yeah. I think like, as well, like when it comes to like traumas and stuff like that, like when I was kind of debating with myself, like, is this anxiety or do I feel anxious, blah, blah, blah. Like, of course looking at my past, I have, like, mm. bouts of anxiety, like, of course I do, that's bound yeah. to happen. Um, but I guess I'm at a place now, like, where I am in counselling and I feel more accepting of these things and I'm working through it, so it's probably a lot easier for me to make that connection. But... That's step one, though. Like, you know, again, I talk to a lot of people that you've got to accept that this is just what's happening. Whether, you know, whether we understand it or not, most of the time, if we can accept that it's happening, we can then start doing something about it. Um and acceptance is massive mm. to, to early on to kind of go, oh, right, this is happening to me. Right, then I need to do something about it. Um, Marley, I'm just reading on this. So Lee's just pulled up a tips to manage anxiety and stress. And on there, limit alcohol and caffeine. You <laughs> literally are filled 50% monster energy drink. <laughs> but it's funny you should say that because I actually try and stay away from like drinking now. I'm not a drinker anyway, really. I don't drink on an evening or anything like that. If I do drink, it's out with friends and it's normally like excessive. But like, I think it was like May Bank Holiday or something like that. I got quite drunk and like, I just felt so low Did you have for fear? two weeks. It wasn't even that. I just felt really depressed. Really? Yeah, I felt awful. And like, I've really been put off drinking ever since. I do don't necessarily... Do drinking that brought it on? I think I wasn't in a great place anyway. And then, like, you know, everybody gets beer for you. Yeah. Um, and that just, like, sent me into a spiral. And I was oh. like, do you know what? I can't even hack the thought of getting that drunk ever again. Mm. And having that... F- oh, I felt really bad. So, yes, I agree with the alcohol, but not the caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> but just because we're coming to an end already, like, I, I, I did think, well, you know, we could be a bit informative as well. And just, like, having a few tips out there. But like taking a time out, eat eat well balanced meals. We've had a Greg's. Um, uh, but it says on there about like do not skip in meals as well. You know, try and keep healthy uh, in terms of what you eat. But uh, do not skip meals. Do not overeat. That you know, keep it balanced. That's you know quite important. Get enough sleep. That's that's easier said than done. Uh, exercise daily, and it doesn't have to be anything ridiculous. It could just be something like popping around, around the block for a walk. Deep breaths. There's one on there that I get told all the time at work that I need to do when I get myself in a tiz, except that you cannot control everything. Yeah, that's Because that massive. is a huge thing. You can, I always get told, you can only control the controllables. And I'm like, it's in your control. And I'm like, I oh, know, but I want to control everything. <laughs> but that's, in, that's probably a trigger for me that gets sent into a real tiz. Yeah. But, that's, but when you're that's, in the moment again. of your anxiety, it's like, oh, hang on, what can I control then? Yeah. It's hard then to pick what you are but that's where that acceptance bit needs to come in quite early except that i can't control except what's going on mm. and then you'll probably have options to go forwards as opposed to just being overwhelmed by it completely. yeah i tell you what tell a lie you know earlier when you said like when i'm in the moment do i have ways of like managing it i would say breathing actually yeah, that's the next one on here because like when we when we all did this group bike ride a couple <laughs> of months ago like, I thought I was going to have a panic attack. Did I'm you? like, yeah, I was literally like, what I'm going to cry. Because I don't want to talk about it in the moment, but I was like, I'm going to cry. I literally, I can't breathe. Like, and then I was just like trying to remind myself, just breathe. Like, just breathe. Was this early on in the bike ride? Like, all the way through. 
Really? I hate it. Yeah. I don't like being on the road cycling. Like, it really gets to me. And there was, like, one point where you two were, like, quite in front of me. And I thought this car was going to pull out. And I was like, I can't stop because I'm not going to be able to start again. And luckily, it stopped. And I was like, after that, I was like, just breathe, breathe. Like, keep reminding yourself to just breathe. Because, like, you can control that. Because, <laughs> I, like, again, I just think, oh, they're not going to invite me out again if I say, like... I feel like this. Marley. Oh no. I feel really sad that you've not said any. Like, I feel really but sad to, that you weren't to, to then say. combat that, just slightly, you know, on that picture that I talked about with the growth zone and the learning zone and things like that, what did you take away from the fact that actually, one, you did it, two, you were okay, you know, three, actually, we did a big bike mm. ride and we were on some like laney. Mm. you know type roads where it can be a bit scary so the fact that you did it it is amazing like I do acknowledge that like on the weekend just gone I walked up Penny Fan um and like the whole way up there that was a huge struggle like kind of felt similarly and like no one on the walk knew how much I was struggling until mm. like a few days after but like when I got to the top like it was great like I smashed that yeah but like the whole way up I was having a terrible time guys <laughs> so then but what would happen then so next time we invite you out for a bike ride or next time you go at Penifan, will, will that learning be in there or will you go through that whole process again? I'd probably go through the whole process again. Yeah. <laughs> but why? But yeah, Marley. Because like you say, like when you're in an anxious state of mind, mm. like you, logic doesn't prevail. It, it just doesn't so win. So on from, would there be anything you would say we could have done better in that situation? No, I think you were very patient. Like I, even when I got home, I said to Luke, I said they were like very patient with me because... Obviously, I wasn't as quick as you two and stuff, and like I did have to walk up a few hills, but that was great, really. I think that probably actually helped me breathe and like just take checks. I knew that if I stopped, you'd have been like, "Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it." So I think because you were so like good, patient, and understanding, just top-notch people. <laughs> <laughs> She's not wrong. Um, but yeah, so just these a few tips. Oh, look take... at that! One of the other tips on the page: welcome humour. Exactly. A good laugh goes a long way. It says that on wow. That. Welcome humour or humour. As Marley said earlier, sector comedy gold. Uh, maintain a positive outlook. Uh, get involved. You know, again, that's what we're talking about in terms of not shying away when everything within you wants to just run and hide. Mm. Um, but again, learn what your triggers are. So acceptance and learn what your triggers are. You know, don't be afraid to sit down and like write out what are my three main triggers. I've done it with a few clients this week. What are the three main triggers that happen? what are the three main physical symptoms that happen like start learning about what is actually going on because even if you can't understand why it's happening if you can understand what is happening you're then more likely to be able to gain some sort of control over it you know so don't be afraid like it just because we're adults don't be afraid to sit down and go back to basics write it out draw you know i've even sat with people and gone right this is mr anxiety what does mr anxiety make you do how does he make you feel what does he say to you you know that you're useless all that sort of stuff don't be afraid to go back to basics there's a great um instagram page actually it's called anxiety josh and he's like all about anxiety and he's got a really good book um that you can either read or audio book and like i heard a lot of good things from a lot of people who suffer with anxiety so check that out guys <laughs> all right i'll also put up the um on the instagram thing i'll put up about the comfort zone and um the mm. fear zone thing because actually that it is quite a good little tool to have but um yeah, so that's us um, on anxiety. Uh, we wanted to stick one. to 45 minutes. but uh, now um, we're at an hour. <laughs> we've slightly gone on, so I'm probably going to edit this down a little bit. We could um, split it into two episodes. No. Or you could do, like, well, we'll see. Like. Like. <laughs> like. Where are we from? Um, Wales. So, yeah, so thank you very much for listening. I uh, hope it, um, you've got something out of it. But um, thank you, ladies. Thank you. Let's go back and enjoy thank the you sun. All. Forget um, that. I want it to go away. I'm sick of it. Thank you, podcast peeps. Thanks. Bye. 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 Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>